0: Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, happy Easter once again, all of you. So glad that you are here today. There's a lot going on at St. Michael, and I bet many of you were suffering through a bit of inconvenient parking this morning. Um, I even waited out there to greet some shuttle riders this morning. I appreciate you being flexible with all the work that we are doing here. Just know that starting this summer, it's all gonna be worth it. We're gonna have a big old parking lot. You won't ride the shuttle again, I promise. So as we are going through this big growth phase, you may wonder why we're doing all of this sort of work. And the answer is really quite simple. We want to be a useful church. We want to be useful, not only to the people here in our community, but outside these walls, to make an impact in the world in a way that is really, really transformative. Being useful as a church is not a given. I would argue many churches miss the opportunity to actually be useful. AND YOU MAY NOT HAVE EXPECTED THAT I WOULD START OUT WITH UTILITY AND USEFULNESS IN AN EASTER SERMON, BUT I'VE GOT TEN MINUTES WITH YOU. FOR SOME OF YOU MAYBE THE ONLY TEN MINUTES I HAVE THIS YEAR. NO JUDGMENT. Um, AND SO (laughs) I WANT TO GRAB YOU RIGHT NOW AND I WANT TO TELL YOU WHY WE CAN BE USEFUL TO YOU AND WHY I DO THINK THAT BEING A PART OF A FAITH COMMUNITY, BEING PART OF A CHURCH, BEING PART OF ST. MICHAEL IS ACTUALLY SOMETHING THAT WE ALL REALLY NEED. NOW AS WE GO THROUGH THIS SERVICE, Some of you may believe some of this stuff, and some of you may not believe some of this stuff. And I want to tell you right now, don't worry about it. It is much less my concern what you believe right now, and much more my concern that you take the invitation and the opportunity to actually take action with the kind of spiritual life that I think you want, the kind of spiritual life God planted inside you when you were created, the kind of life I think you all wish to have. TODAY, WE HEAR, ONCE AGAIN, JESUS' RESURRECTION STORY. IT IS SUCH A GREAT STORY, AND WE'VE HEARD IT SO MANY TIMES THAT WE CAN ACTUALLY BECOME A LITTLE NUMB TO THE DETAILS, AND SO ALLOW ME TO LIFT SOMETHING OUT OF THIS PARTICULAR VERSION OF JESUS' RESURRECTION STORY FOR US. HOW WE GOT HERE IS THAT MARY Magdalene WENT TO THE TOMB, DARK ONE MORNING, AND SHE SAW THAT THE TOMB WAS OPEN. SHE RAN BACK TO TELL THE OTHER DISCIPLES. PETER AND JOHN GO RUNNING TOWARD THE TOMB. JOHN BEATS PETER, BUT HE DOESN'T GO IN. PETER ARRIVES AND HE GOES IN TO SEE THAT THE TOMB IS EMPTY. MARY IS THERE, RIGHT BEHIND THEM, TO SEE THAT THE TOMB IS EMPTY. AND PETER AND JOHN, THEY JUST GO BACK OFF TO THEIR HOUSE. BUT MARY IS FROZEN, SHE'S PARALYZED, RIGHT THERE AT THE TOMB. AND SHE BREAKS DOWN, SOBBING. Now, I can only imagine what Mary had gone through up to that point. Here she was a person who had met Jesus. Jesus had taught her, had led her. She had followed him and learned from him. He had saved her. He had transformed her. And then all of a sudden, this man that she loved was arrested and tried and beaten and crucified horribly and then buried. And at this point, she is totally exhausted and worn out. She has hit a wall. She is at the bottom of the pit. And all she wanted to do was go and care for his body and he's gone, and that was it. It was all she could handle, and she just burst into tears. And I think we all know how that feels. All of us at some point in our lives, maybe many times in our lives, have hit walls or have found ourselves at the bottom of a pit, and we just cannot get over that wall, get out of that pit. We really feel like this is it. We have no idea what to do. And we just stop and we sob and we do not know what to do. And in that moment, I think Jesus comes to us and he says just what he said to Mary. Why are you crying? The tomb is empty. The tomb is empty because I have made a promise to you. The tomb is empty because I promised that God is with you especially in your darkest moments, that God is with you and loves you at the bottom of that pit and will help you climb out. Why are you weeping? The tomb is empty. Now, if the tomb is empty and we hear that good news, now what? I started off by saying a church should be useful Churches should be places where we're able to bring ourselves, whether we're on a really high high or a really low low. Churches should be places where we are encouraged to change our habits, that then change our minds, that change our lives, that then change the world. It's often hard to hear God speaking to us in those low moments. And I recently heard a story that kind of reminded me of how difficult that would be. The journalist, Dan Harris, tells a story about his early career where he was rocking and rolling. He was hustling, he was succeeding, everything was going really well, everything looked great. And he had this really clever, bright idea that he was going to do one of those 360 degree reviews with all the people in his life. So he asked his colleagues and his family and his friends to do this review and he was so confident it was going to be awesome. And then he got the review back and it was a devastating critique. Everyone pointed out all of his weaknesses and he was totally overwhelmed. He was blindsided by how arrogant and egotistical he had been and he didn't know what to do. And a friend recommended that he go on a nine day silent retreat to give himself time to think about what had happened. A nine day silent retreat sounds horrible, but (laughs) he said yes. And so he went on this retreat, and in the beginning, he was taught how to do loving-kindness meditation. These people were trying to encourage him to just be good to himself, to forgive himself, to be kind to himself. And on that very first day, his coach said, Dan, when you see your demons arise and when you see your capacity for anger or self-aggrandizement, you should put your hand on your heart and say, it's okay, sweetie, I'm here for you. And Dan was like hard pass that sounds terrible and so he went on about his little silent retreat for a few days and it was not getting any better and he really didn't know what to do and he finally just broke down and said okay I'm gonna do this but I'm not gonna call myself sweetie and so he put his hand on his heart and he said all right dude I know life is hard but you're good just keep going it's gonna be all right But that approach worked for him. And later he learned that that actually has scientific proof to be able to change our minds, to actually change our perceptions, perceptions, to change who we actually see ourselves and how we perceive the world. And I think it's a way for us to potentially get onto a new track, to remind ourselves of what God has promised to us, to remind ourselves, especially when we feel totally lost and at the bottom, that God loves us and is here for us. It's the start of a habit that can actually change your life. It's the start of a commitment that you can make right now today to actually get yourself on the path of discipleship, a commitment that will actually change your life for the better. Now, coming to church is a good way to create that habit, and coming to church is not going to get you everything you want, is not going to answer your prayers exactly the way you want them answered, but it's actually going to begin to shape the way you see the world so that when the bad stuff happens, you do not lose the hope of God's promise to be with you and love you every step of the way. And so to help get you on that path, we're going to actually talk to ourselves. All right, put your hands in your heart. Here we go cuz I know you're not going to do it if you don't do it now. Here we go. Put your hand in your heart and repeat after me. It's okay, sweetie. It's, okay. it's, going, to be okay. it's going to be okay. God loves you. God loves you. The tomb is empty. And don't let that be the last time. God loves you, and the tomb is indeed empty. Thanks be to God. Happy Easter. Amen.